Amen, amen. All right, I want to welcome you all to church this morning. This is the second service, and I trust the Lord is going to be a great time. Hallelujah. Now, this morning, I'm sharing with you the parable of the Holy Keys. The parable of the Holy Keys. Um, now, I want to ask a question, which is what I asked in the first service. We know that the devil attacked man in the Garden of Eden. But when we want to call it, when you, if you are to define it, what would you say is the first attack of the devil on man? Now, I've gotten different answers from different people when they are going to define the first attack of the devil on man. But I want to submit to you this morning that the first attack of the devil on man was on his thinking faculty, on his mind, on his mind. And um, the, why will the devil choose to attack the mind, the reasoning of a man, how we reason, how man was reasoning, how the perception, the mindset of a man? Because the Bible says, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, the devil knows that if I can get him to think in this direction, I can defeat him. If I can get his mindset to align and I get him to think in this way, it will be easier for me to actually bring him under control. So I submit to you that if the devil cannot get you to align your thought with his thought, it's not possible for the devil to defeat you. I submit to you this morning that every time a child of God is defeated by the devil is because in his mind he agreed with his devil. With the devil. In other words, his mind is first defeated before any other part of his life can be defeated. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. The Bible says in Amplified Bible, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord had made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from every tree of the garden? Now, you will see that the nature of this question is for man to doubt God. So you see, when the devil comes after someone, the first thing he wants, you to, he wants to do in our life is for us to have another view of God. It's after how you perceive God. It's after how you see God. Because you see, the way you see God determines the way you relate to him and how you also see yourself. So he said to the man, did God really, did God really? And you know something? Most of us, we get to the point in time in life when you begin to actually see God in another light. Perhaps because of what you have gone through. There are things we go through in life that will begin to make you say, Lord, are you really there? Does God still love me? God, does God still really care about me? And when, look at verse 2 of that Genesis. Verse 2. Verse 2. Of, uh, give me verse 2. Whoever is there, please, I will love someone that can be very fast and um, with the scripture. Okay? Very, very important. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 3. Okay, verse 3. Except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you should not 
You should not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Look at the devil's response. But the serpent said, in other words, the, devil, the serpent laughed. In, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> uh, but the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Now he's trying to paint another image of God. You shall not surely die. What are you saying? You will not die. Then verse 5. Go to verse 5. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. Now what is it doing? It's repainting the image of God in our mind. The devil is trying to make us perceive and see God in another light. He said, God knows you will not die. He said, your eyes will be open. You will be like God. Knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. This is the real thing. And look at what the devil said. Look at what the woman did in verse 6. Now, after the devil painted another picture, look at what has changed. And when the woman saw the tree, that saw that the tree was what? Good. Pause there. Think about it. The devil provoked the woman to start thinking by asking a question. After the devil made the woman think very well, the view of things changed. The first thing was that she looked at the same tree that she has run away from all her life. And she said, of course this tree is good. In other words, the way she was thinking before was that the tree was what? Bad. Now she looked at the same tree and called it what? Good. Do you see what the devil knows how to do? And oftentimes, the reason why most of us are not so close to God, we don't feel close to God, we don't feel like we have a good relationship with God, is because at the point in time in our life, our perception of God are changed. So, when the devil was true with the woman, she called good bad, and bad became what? Good. The good God became the one they were running away from, and the bad devil became the one they were running towards. Remember that they were actually associating with the devil, but when God showed up, what happened? When God showed up, what happened? They went to go and hide from God. What viewpoint is this? This viewpoint is what the devil is still selling to most of us today. That when things go wrong with us, we need to run away from God. How many of you have heard the saying that says that God's eyes does not behold iniquity? That God does not come near sinners? That the viewpoint we have of God is that God hates sinners? God does not come near sinners? In fact, God is so holy that his eyes does not behold iniquity. Of course. So when we make mistakes, what do we do? The moment we make mistakes with our lives, the natural response is we run away from God. Hey, people, is that not what we do? And how many of you realize that sometimes when you then want to go and pray about your mistake, we can use about one hour to cry and cry and cry. It's so hard for us to believe that when we say, Father, forgive me, he has forgiven us. No, how many of you realize that sometimes? 
that you think that the more you pray, I remember, you see, I gave my life to Christ more than 20 times. I, I was actually looking for the love of God. Because you see, and when I come, I had a problem with fighting. Because my father taught me how to box. And my boxing tactics was working until somebody actually overcame it. You know, my father actually taught me that, you know, whenever someone wants to fight with you, and it was working. But I didn't know that that thing would not work for those who are taller than me. It was because most of my friends were at the same time. So he said, just, he said, keep the other hand. You want the, your final blow, keep it very hot. So keep this one, just keep doing like this. Be using this one to push them away, push them away, push them away. Then he said, so be rolling this one, be rolling this one. Say, look for the right spot and just hit the guy. Bam! I came from a place where if somebody, you know, you have a fight with your friend and you come home, I don't know whether it has happened to you before, that they will tell you, hey, you mean you came back home crying? How many of you have been like that? It has happened to you before. And they will say, no, be more there. Ah, you cannot, if I say, you cannot cause chaos for us to come and stop. Go back there. And you say, hey, you mean it? Go back. Of course, what they were trying to do was to build our self-esteem. But a lot of the time, they were doing it the wrong way. They were trying to make, help us believe in ourselves. But you know, so I had that problem going up. Okay. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because I really want you to understand that where you are today is also affected about how you perceive God in your life. Your perception of God really, really matters. Why did they go and run away from God? Because they have a view that if God enters this place now, we will die. So the first attack was what? Make man see God in a bad light. Now when Jesus came, you know he attacked Jesus too. In the garden of Gets, um, in, the garden, uh, in, in, in the wilderness, he came and attacked Jesus. Jesus is called the second Adam. So the first attack on the mind of first Adam was to have the wrong view of God. Watch it. On Jesus, he knows that Jesus is the son of God. So he, he knows that there is nothing he can do to tell Jesus that God is not a good God. Because even the Bible said that in him, was life, and the life was the light of man. Jesus said, have you seen me, and you have not seen the Father? So the devil was wise. So he did not tell anything about God to Jesus, but rather he attacked Jesus' self-image of himself. So what did he do? He said to Jesus in Luke chapter 4, he said, if you are what? The Son of God. In other words, he wants him to doubt who he is in God. With Adam, he made Adam doubt God. With Jesus, he said, who are you? Now, why did he say, if you are truly the son of God? Because in Luke chapter 3, verse 22, God said, this is my word, beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So, children of God, listen to me. Two things that guarantees victory in our life is number one, your view of God. Number two, your view of who you are. Every challenge of life can be overcome if you have the, these two things right. How do you see God in your life? And how do you see 
yourself in relation to God. Relative to God, who are you? Most of us don't even know who we are in God. The moment you have lost your identity, victory becomes scarce. Is somebody with me? Now let's, let's go somewhere together. These two things actually becomes the lens with which we see things. I want to say this to you. That do you know that every time we look at a problem, we are, there is a lens with which we are looking at it. Whether you like it or not. Experience, counsel, every challenge you look at, there is a way you are looking at it. There is a lens you are wearing. It's either you are looking at it from the angle of the word of God, or what we call the world view, from the angle of the world, which often the devil is the god of this world. But that every action is determined, your response to action determined, is determined by your viewpoint. Remember two people went to go and spy the land of Jericho. How many of you remember that? That the, the ten said, we cannot go. Why? Because they saw, what did they see? They said, we saw giants in the land. But another set of people said, we can go. Why? Because they said, because God said he has given us the land. What was determining their response was the lens with which they were looking at the problem. Every challenge is approached from a viewpoint. Now listen. Most of us, the world wants us to view things, including ourselves, from the negative viewpoint. And amazingly, even some Bible story, we view them from the negative point. For instance, the woman that had blood issue. Remember that woman that had blood issue? What is the, what is the title of that story? When we call it? The woman with what? Why is it called the woman with the issue of blood? Do you see? Look at, this, look at that story. Why is it not called the woman that was healed from her blood disease? Because it's still the same story, right? Or the woman who used to have the issue of blood. So, do you know why? Because, you see, by calling the woman with the issue of blood, perpetually the problem is magnified and the solution is taken away. If we call it the woman who was healed from the issue of blood, if you hear it, don't you think you will have faith that God too can heal you? No. Don't, don't you understand? So, you see, even the title itself is selling something to our mind, but we don't know it. Is somebody with me? Okay, let's look at another story. The guy who was mad that God healed. We call him the story of the madman of Gadara. Is that not what we call it? But did, did he really remain mad? Why can't we say the story of the man who was healed of madness? Are we not, are we not talking about the same story? Why can't we have a better title? I said, the boy who became an evangelist. After he was healed of madness. The world said, no, that story, that, that story will not make an headline. But when we said the story of the madman of Gadara, yes, it will sell. If you are to write your own story, where will you start from today? Do you realize that most of us, even because whether you like it or not, you are writing the story of your life. And uh, most of us, we write our story from the point of defeats. So, do you realize that if I walked up to you and said, hey, you are looking nice. Most of us would just say, thank you. And, mm. 
if they flatter me. If they flatter me, they, you see, I'm, this, that's one of them. If they bobo me, if they bobo me. But if somebody comes and says, listen, you this ugly girl. You are a useless girl. What happens? You see that you react more. You receive that word and you want to defend it. Because you see, you believe more negative things easily. But when somebody says, hey, you are looking good today. Most of us don't even know how to receive good compliments anymore. Am I not right? Because you say, you yourself don't really believe that you are beautiful anymore. So you say, now he won't toast me. Now it's so bad if you are a girl that anybody that says to you, you are beautiful, the next thing that comes is that he won't, he won't actually toast me. Because you believe that nobody can admire you without having extra intention of going beyond the bottle with you. So we come to church right now to even say, hey, I love you. I love you. If after service I come to you, I love you. What? No, 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 no. Let's be Christian now. Let's be Christian. What do you think will happen to you? If every Sunday the brother say, I love you, sister. I love you. And I said, can I have your number? What do you think will happen? Lie, lie. I said, does that, do you think I'm not engaged? I never asked. Because you see, out of the 10 people that said I love you is because a lot of them wanted to sleep with you. So right now we think I love you, even which is a godly word, is now what? A negative word. The devil succeeded in your life. So it means you to receive love right now is, you know, one day I was in the office and I just looked at my wife, you know, and I decided to compose a message. I compose this message, man. Thank you, thank you. I think I like this side, so let me be talking this side. I think my fans are on this side. All these people, I don't know. I think these people came to church today, but this is important. So after, I'm telling you, this is a true story between my wife and I. Thank God she's not here. She went to go and minister somewhere so I can talk about her. Uh, and don't tell her I spoke about this, you know. When I finished composing that message, and I sent it to her. I was warming up for her. The response. Do you know what she said? Two letter word. What? No, three letter word. What's this about? I'm telling you. It shocked me. I said, all oh, this lengthy message. The only response is... What's this about? I was shocked. What's this about? So, I composed myself again. Let me go. So I said, it's because I won't tell you all those ones. I now compose, compose, compose again. And I, bam, till tomorrow the response has not come. So later on, I came and I asked her, I said, hey, are you doubting my intention? I said, well, I'm, I've heard you. But do you know that if I've sent a negative message, could I have gotten a response? Listen to me. Get back to where you can receive love without bias. Because you are worth loving. Start 
celebrating yourself. The story of the boy who ran away from the home. What do we call that story? That the father that carried all his father's story. And the story of what? Good. That was what they wanted us to see. That's the only part. In fact, that story is three-part story. So they carried, we carried the first part, which is the prodigal son. And we spoke about prodigal, 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 till the word prodigal became a very bad word. But do you know that the word prodigal is actually not bad? When you use the word prodigal in the noun sense, it means to be wasteful with your resources or your money, with your material. But that is just one part of it. The adjective of the word prodigal actually means to be extravagant. To be excessive and extravagant with what you have. So you can be extravagant and excessive with your love, with your kindness, with your blessing, with everything. It, 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 it does not mean, so the world took only the part of the now, which is to be wasteful with resources, and they use it to, to rewrite that every aspect of that story. So that when I say, hey, I am, you, the word prodigal now, you're not, no, it's a bad word. No, it's not always bad. I submit to you that actually that story can be called the, the story of the prodigal father. Go on, think about it again. I'm, we are going to read it together. Because the real prodigal person in that story was not the boy. Because do you know why? It was not his resources he wasted. It was the resources of his father that he wasted. It was not his own money. Number two thing, let's go to Luke 15. Let's just quickly read about the story. Luke 15. And we are going to actually pick up something um, from that story. Luke chapter 15. Luke 15. Are you in Luke 15? Let's start from verse 11. I want you to check where the title came from. But that was not where the story ended. Give me New Living Translations, please. Luke 15, New Living Translation. Are you there now? Good. Now, let me pick it up because I don't trust these guys. I trust them in Jesus' name. I, I, I need to really trust them now. So you see. To illustrate the point for that, Jesus told them the story. A, a man had what? Two sons. Verse 12. The younger son told his father, I was... I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Now, who is really at fault here? The boy or the father? Why should he agree? The boy should have been stoned according to the Leviticus law because he has dishonored his father. So what the law should have done to this boy right now is to stone him. But do you know why the father did not stone him? The first lesson I want you to note about this story is that God does not throw stones. We are in the era where God lavishes us with his love. It's amazing I want you to know that there is nothing you can ever do that can make God to hate you. It's a very big word, but that's the truth. There is nothing in the world you can do to God or you have done that can ever make God to hate you. 
Nothing. You know, some of us, we keep beating ourselves with some mistakes we've made. That's not how to over bring the victory story out of your mistake. Why? Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it said, whilst we were weak and we are without God, Christ died for us. Not when you were strong. He said, whilst we were weak, Christ died for us. He said, for a good man, it is easier to die. Somebody may even die. He said, but for a wicked man, Romans 8, 8. He said, for, but for a wicked person, he said, hardly will anybody die. He said, whilst we were yet sinners, so whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Go, give me Romans 8, 7, please. So, sorry, Romans 5, I mean Romans 5, 8, sorry. Romans 5, 8. So whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me talk to some Christians here. You know, to those of us who are Christians, there are times we go astray. There are times we make mistakes. There are times we feel that we don't measure up. And now you, the devil comes to tell you that, hey, you are a useless girl. You are a useless boy. You have to do this and do that and do that so that God can love you more. There is nothing in the world you can do for God to love you more. Do you know why? Because from the day he saw you, he loved you with the fullness of his love. Not half of his love. You are really loved by God. You see, the Bible never said, for God so loved saints, or for God so loved Christians, or for God so loved good people. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. The good, the bad, the ugly, the wicked, everybody. What the Bible says, he loved them so much. He loved them so much. So you look at yourself in the and call yourself and say, God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. You see, do you know why you need to have this understanding and take? Because you see, the more you celebrate the love of God, the more your weakness turns to strength. Everybody have an issue in their life. You may have, everybody have one weakness or the other. But it's not by talking about, I am useless, uh, 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 I am not good, I have disappointed God, and you are trying to do, do maybe another 24 hours fasting and prayer so that you can be pleasing to God. No, that is not how the thing. Just look at yourself, eyeball into your eyeball and say, you see, there is nothing I can do for God to love me more. He loved me with the fullness of his love. You have disappointed the devil when you talk like that. Your vocabulary must agree with the word of God. You know, I told our team today, I said from today, when you come to church, any, any time you see your friends in church, what you say, say you just tell them, shake their hands, say, I celebrate the grace, I celebrate your grace. I celebrate your grace. And do you know why I said we should start greeting ourselves with that word, I celebrate your grace? Because there is something special in everybody. There is something special in you. You are not useless. You might have done some useless thing, but that is not who you are. You are not what? Useless. Say with me, I'm not useless. I can never be useless. Yeah, yeah, you are not your mistake. You are who you are in Christ Jesus, not your mistake. You are not your mistake. And you see, when you realize this, just like the, this boy, things change in your life. So the first lesson is that God does not throw stone at anybody. All he wants to do is to love you. The second thing I want you to note as we dig deep into the story is this. Give me the next verse, please. The Bible said that when he spent all, verse 14, when he had spent all 
There arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Verse 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed the swine. Pause there, in case you don't know what is happening. Jews don't eat pig. They don't move near pig. Because pig are unclean animals. Now, this boy's life has come to a point where he had lost everything that even pigs became better than him. I really want to see. And on this day, he was feeding the pig and he was even admiring the food that the pigs were eating. No, he does not eat pig. You, I, I, have had a, I have read pig for a long time. I had a pig farm. And I tell you, beside what we call the beauty wastes, Beauty waste, and where, where, the one we get from all these uh, malt company, all right? That is what they, their favorite food. Then you get some spot fruits, some spot fruit from Mount 12 and feed them with. But that is all that there is. Palm kernel and all those things, you mix it for their protein. But the pigs don't, I've not seen pig eat Obono and Egusi soup together. I'm not, do you see pig eating such food? No. We, we fatten them all so that we can sell them. But this man, the Bible said, will even admire the food of the pig. And right there and there, he looked at that situation. I want to tell you your, the, where your victory begins in life. He looked at every situation and reminded himself of the goodness of God. And it was that thought of the goodness of God, of his father, that made him make the youth and say, I better go back to God. You know, when we make mistakes, what we try to do is to run away from God. That's the worst decision you can make. No matter the mistake you have ever made in life, it is running towards God, not away from God, that will bring your victory story. The second thing I want you to know is that you can change every situation, every disadvantage situation, that your negative story can turn to a hero story if you just learn to hand it over to God. Because you see, this boy realized the calamity, he had lost everything, he lost his family, he lost all, lost all his business, and realized that this is not a good story. But how can my story be changed? By keeping running away from God, by hiding it? No, he said, every mess can be turned to a message if I learn to hand it over to God. So what did he do? He turned, thank you, he turned it around, and said, I will arise and go back to where my father's are. It's never too late to come back to God. Yes, never ever too late. Never too late with God. There is nothing called too bad for God. There is nothing called too worse for God. It's never too late to always retrace your step back to God. Say with me, it's never too late. Never too late. Now let's look at the victory truth. The first victory truth I want to give you right now is God is madly in love with you. I didn't say God is in love with you. There's a reason I put the word madly, which is an adjective to qualify the love, is that God is not just in love with you, he's madly in love with you. Madly in the sense that the love of God for you is totally insane. Nobody can comprehend it. And I want you to say, say God is madly in love with me. The second thing I would like you to note is that God is running after you to love you. God is running after you to love you. We think that we are the one looking for God, but I submit to you, it's God that is looking for us. 
You hear us say, oh, I'm looking for... No, 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 no. It's actually God that is looking for us. Now, let's, 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 let's look. When Adam sinned and Eve sinned, who looked for who first? Adam looked for God or God looked for Adam? Are you sure? Because he can't do without you and I. We are the object of his love. He was the one that said, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Who sent for Jesus? We sent for Jesus or God sent Jesus to us? Huh? Who is looking for who? Say with me, God is looking for me. Is it not amazing for you to realize that God is the one searching for us? Now, Jesus then told, showed us in this story how much God treasures us. Now, I'm going to, this is where I got my title from, the parable of the holy kiss. Go. Look into verse 18. Verse 18. New Living Translation. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against you, both heaven and you. Verse 19. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Everybody, verse 20. Look at verse 20. Can we all read verse 20 together? No, can we all read verse 20 together? One to go. So he returned home to his father. Verse, continue. And while he was what? Once he was what? Still 